This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? So um, before I jump into anything, I want us to hang out. I hear God saying, I, I hear God saying, I want to hang out on some of the things that were released already tonight. Um, for those of you that I don't know, my name's Julie. I'm really, I'm really glad to be here tonight on a Friday getting to share my heart with you and some of the things that I felt like the Lord said. Um, but again, before we jump into the message, there was a few things that were going on tonight that really struck me. Um, I think it started when Nathan started to sing um, in the first song. And he was just making space. And somewhere, I don't remember his exact, his exact words, but somewhere in the midst of it, I heard Holy Spirit start to talk to me about revival. Revivals like I have only read about. And the things that he started to point out in worship to me were, were things like, it only, it only took one. God was looking for the hunger of one. He came as a response to the desire or the longing of a one. It didn't just stay one. That's what it was that he said. He asked, he said something, and a few people jumped around. He goes, that's all, I can work with that. That's what you said. He said, I can work with that. And in that moment, I heard Holy Spirit say, so can I. So can I. And then I started to, to see him put before me in my mind's eye all these pictures of, of names of revivals that, I, that I'll keep to myself right now. But you think of the ones that might be coming to you right now. And I heard him say, that's all it took. I looked for one. And then Kyle gets up here and he closes the way that he closed just a moment ago. That we, we're making an impact. We're stirring something. We're on purpose on purpose, what we're doing here tonight matters. How many of you know that the, the promises for your life are greater? They're meant for more than just you, okay? So I want to tell you that the hunger that you possess was never just meant for you. You're a catalyst. I'm a catalyst. We've been empowered by the finished work of Jesus to make a difference on the earth. And it might look like, I, listen, I grew up in a house of prayer for years and years and years. So I heard stories about blue-haired ladies in the back that would face the wall and just rock back and forth and pray in the spirit. And, you know, and like there were lots of lighthearted laughter jokes about it. But I'm telling you what, there was hunger that the spirit of God could find. That's all he's looking for. God's always been hovering. He's always been looking. And he's looking for the hungry. What does he say? Those who hunger and thirst will be satisfied, right? He's going to, how do you think he's going to satisfy them? With himself. He, he looks 
at our small. No, 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 that's the wrong word. He looks at our all, even if it's small. And he says, I can work with that. I can work with that. I remember um, hearing probably about 10 years ago um, uh, a well-respected father in the faith these days. And I remember him saying that when he went to, when he was asked to take over um, as a past senior pastor of a, of a church in a community um, a few hours from where him and his family lived, he went in and, and in the midst of worship on that first day, everything was in his in his testimony everything was was a little quiet but there was this one woman there was one woman and she was getting so impacted from the lord she was that an undignified one that they spoke of at the beginning of worship tonight and he said the same thing he said in his heart god we can work with this why was he highlighting that to me? I think there's a, a few reasons, but one that I want to share with you right now is because I think he wants you to hear that you matter. That you carry impact more than your life circumstances and the adversary want you to believe. Because what would happen? Oh, my goodness gracious. What would happen if born-again sons and daughters started to believe that their little life mattered? That their lives were just significant enough in the risen Christ that a tidal wave of transformation from the third heavens could touch the earth and change everything forever. So here's what I want to do. This has nothing to do with my message. Every, this has everything to do with my message. If you possess any hunger for God, if you believe the things that I'm saying are true, if you're just, just a, a mustard seed faith, size faith, like this, like this if you are even hoping that the words that I just said could really be for you. Would you stand up right now? Why don't you reach out to the people next to you? And if you can't touch them, why don't you move over and get where they are? Like, we didn't come here, just in case you guys didn't notice it yet, we didn't come here just to do church on a Friday night. Heaven didn't invade this space. Like the room is full in the spirit realm. God, open up our eyes that we could see. Wonder, wonder in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of the sons and daughters to see in this moment that the room is full in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fire starters right here in the name of Jesus. Come and blow your hot breath, Holy Spirit. Come and blow your hot breath on the embers of, a, of our lives. Come in the name of Jesus right now. Come in the name of Jesus. That's right. Pray in the Spirit if you, if, that's, if you have that gift. Just pray in the Spirit. Just believe with me. Believe with me for what I believe Holy Spirit prompted. In the name of Jesus. 
God, thank you that you always come, wherever there's sacrifice, you come with the fire of your own presence and you consume all that it is. God, here we are in your name, Jesus, in your name. We want to see what you want to see on the earth, God. We want to see what you want to see on the earth. We want to be a place where for, for I'm hearing 50 mile radius. I, we want to be a place in the name of Jesus, a demon free zone in the name of Jesus, a place where people encounter heaven on the earth, a place where freedom reigns, where there's sounds from the third heavens that are heard by natural ears and nobody might be able to explain it. But we know that you're in this place, God. People come, even if they don't know you, they say, hey, I, I don't know, but they, there's, some, there's some God going on in that space. There's some God. I don't know any. I don't know, but there are some people. There are some people. And there are people that know God. Yeah, right now, increase, Holy Spirit. Increase in this place. Increase in this place. Come, come, come. Just swallow up, God. Come with your fullness and swallow up everything that's on the inside of us. Swallow up everything that's on the inside of us. Ah, yeah. Fan the flame. That's what you want to do to your neighbor. Just agree with me. Fan the flame. Scripture says, fan the flame. Fan the flame. Be aglow and burning with the spirit as you serve the living God. That's what the scriptures say. So that's what we're giving space for right now. Thank you, God, for a stirring up in the name of Jesus. We ask for more. We ask for more, God, in the name of Jesus. More, more, more. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on. More hunger in the name of Jesus. Increase our hunger, God. Increase our hunger, Father. I pray that our eyes would be just refocused on you, that every distraction would be removed. God, awaken us back to our first love. Let us begin to do again the things we used to do when we just found you. Increase in us again, Father. Fix our eyes back on the first love. Rekindle the fire that burned bright in the beginning. Rekindle the hunger again. Rekindle the hunger again. Father, awaken our spirits to remember the beginning, God. Let us love you like it was in the beginning. God, let us pray like it was in the beginning. Let us desire you like it was in the beginning. Come on, come on, come on. Increase in the name of Jesus. Increase, increase. God, we thank you that the truth is from the beginning that the fire that was on, put on the altar came from your own heart. You reached in on the inside of yourself and you took some out and you put it on a, on a, on a setting. Right now, I just say in the name of Jesus, we agree that your fire that you started on the inside of us, that you're going to cause it to increase in your name. It's going to burn brighter. It's going to burn longer. It's going to burn stronger. And it's going to spread in the name of Jesus. It's going to spread all over this region. It's going to spread in the workplaces. It's going to spread on our college campuses. It's going to spread in our families. It's going to spread in our neighborhoods. Hey, hey, wherever you're going this weekend, the fire of God is going with you and it's going to spread in the name of Jesus. You don't have to, listen, you don't have to preach to somebody. Just show up and love them. Just show up and love them. It's going to spread. It's going to spread. God is faithful. He started this. It's not about you. So you can't mess it up. Okay? You just need to show up and be hungry. And even if it's small, he'll work with that. He'll work with that. And everybody said? Amen. Yeah. Give him a hand. Yeah, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We're here for you.
We're here for you, God. We're here for you. Hey, so I told somebody recently, uh, lightheartedly, I said, uh, why do I always scream? And I go, why am I so, why do I scream all the time? Why do I, like I have to move the mic, the guys on the sound, bless their hearts, they're always up and down with the sound because she's on the mic, she's close, she's making her rhymes, her peas, her pa pa pa, and you know, why? And this beautiful sister, she's like, that's who you are. Don't try and be somebody else. And so I just release agreement right there of my own testimony. Be who you are. Begin to love the skin that you're in. Holy Spirit will make space for you. Listen, if he can use me, he can use anybody. (laughs) Seriously, I know where I came from. (laughs) I know where I came from. Well, I do have a message to share, but I actually came bearing gifts. I felt like God said, I was sitting at my desk, and I felt like God said, hey, you see all those books that you have there that you haven't opened? You haven't opened yet? I was like, yeah, I'm going to get to those. And he goes, well, you have doubles of a lot of them. Why don't you give some away? So I want to come and I want to give you some gifts tonight. So who wants to live immersed in the presence of God? Who wants that? Who wants that? Here you go. Let me give this to you. Here you go. Here's one. Let's see. What else do I have over here? All right. Um, who wants to dive into the heart of radical love, reckless love and devotion by Heidi Baker? Who wants that? There you go. There you go. All right, so let's see. We have a Bill Johnson book. We just gave away a Heidi Baker book and a Sean Bowles book. So um, who, who, um, who is, is newer? No, let me say it this way. You know, when I first came to the harbor, I was, um, I was leading it, uh, doing some leadership in another local congregation, which I'm so grateful for my season in, in that space. But, but the Lord would bring me here every Friday night because I served during the week and on the weekend somewhere else. And I remember the first time that I heard Darren Davis talk about the prophetic. And I was like, holy moly, that's me. Like, I, that's how I live with Jesus. I just didn't know that it was called prophecy or the prophetic. Okay, so if you're like me, if you have, um, if you are a hearer of God's voice, if you're a, I don't know, um, I'm hearing the word mystic. If you're a, if people around you think you're a little cuckoo, look at every, look at all the hands go up. I love this place. <laughs> okay, if you if you're waving your hand, that's good. But but let me ask you one more question. Um, if you're not really sure about how the prophetic works. Can you raise your hand right now if you were one of those first ones? Here, I want to give you this. Um, This is a tool. This book is like a toolbox, and I believe the Holy Spirit will use it to help answer questions, but to ignite the gift of prophecy in you. And I'm so excited. What's your first name? Natalie. Natalie, will you come back and find me? Look for Julie later on after you read it, and let me know. Come and prophesy over me. I want to hear what Holy Spirit has to say to me through you, okay? Awesome, awesome. Yay! All right. Let's see. I have 13 minutes, right? (laughs) God is so funny. All right. So we are in a series about the Godhead. And tonight I get to talk to you for just a minute. We'll see what we can get to um, about the Father. And um, and the, the characteristic of the Father that I, when I asked him, what, what do you want me to share tonight? Holy moly. I mean, he's, you, we will never unpack the, na- unpack the nature of God in 13 minutes. 
we in each over eternity we're not gonna impact unpack the nature of God. So so there was a plethora of things that um, that he could have said to me, but but I felt strongly that he said, I want you to talk to them tonight about my nature as the restorer of all things. Hey, our father, he's the restorer of that which was lost. He is. You know, Jesus, the scriptures say uh, that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, One translation that I really like says, uh, to find and restore what had been lost. It wasn't just souls that he searched after, meaning the lives of people for eternal union. We see him restoring all things, guys. We see him restoring physical health, mental freedom, earthly relationships. He restored dignity. He restored value. He restored innocence. He restored destiny to people everywhere he went. Everywhere. Hey, Julie, I thought this message was about the Father, not Jesus. (laughs) It is. But Scripture tells us that when you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. He told his friends, hey, when I do things, it's only because I've seen my dad doing them first. I only do and I only move and I only talk about the things that he's saying, he's moving after, he's, he's doing. That's because Colossians 1.15, the wording that uh, Paul uses, says that Jesus is the image and the exact uh, likeness of the divine portrait of the invisible God. Oh, I like that one. I want to say that again. Jesus is the image, the exact likeness, the divine portrait of the invisible God. And God is the restorer of all things lost. Yeah. So, I have a question. Who wants to live less than what they were created for? Okay, for anybody listening on the podcast later, nobody raised their hands. Of course you don't want to live less than what you were created for. None of us do. And that's why a message like tonight is so important. And I'll get to as much of it as I can. Here. Hear me, all of us have been wounded by loss. All of us, in one way or another. And in most cases, loss eventually manifests itself in mindsets or patterns of thinking and life choices that undermine the fullness of what God has planned for us. I want us to think about it for a second. I really don't know how much we're going to get to tonight, but I know this word is from God because he loves us and there's things that we've lost. Actually, I'm thinking right now, even through worship and our prayer time before I jumped into this, even like passions. And there's no shame in that. But he's here tonight as the father who restores all things. So I want to I give you an example. Well, let me read it again. Loss, in most cases, will manifest itself in patterns of thinking and life choices that undermine the fullness 
of what God has planned for us. Okay, I want to give you an example before I ask you another question. I want to give you my example. So in my life growing up, in my family, there was, um, oh, gee, what can we pick from? There's such a big bag full of stuff that I got to grow up with. How about abandonment? How about addiction? Poverty? Infidelity? Incarceration? Which represents a loss of protection, a loss of stability, a loss of peace, a loss of promise, a loss of freedom, a loss of healthy self-worth and emotional wellness. But God is in the house, and he's here to restore. Those things unconsciously led me into a lifestyle of self-preservation, fear, more addiction, mental torment, and unhealthy views of myself and the people around me. Is there anybody else in the room? And even though I didn't link it all back to God at the time, I eventually realized that I carried distorted truths about the presence of God, about the person of God and the plans that he had for my life. And that kept me at a loss and hindered me from entering into the fullness that we all said that none of us wanted to live less than. Do you guys see how I'm trying to pull it back? Okay. So I want to ask you, what about you? What has come in your lives to steal from you? What's been lost? What would... What would try and erect itself in your pattern, in your mind, in your patterns of thinking to distort the image of a good father and to hinder you from walking into the fullness of what he planned for your life? Because like we said earlier, as good as it is to be you, which it is, And if you were the only one, I believe wholeheartedly Jesus would have come down from the heavens onto Calvary's cross and died just for you. But it's never just about us. Your life's a catalytic agent for an awakening for everybody else around you. Whether you're preaching it with my language, whether you're preaching it out loud or not, When this gets worked on the inside of you long enough, you just show up and it comes out. The beauty is when you don't even have to open your mouth. Last week, um, last week there was a highlight made. It was a, James chapter 1, I think it's verse 17, um, that's where we learn that whatever is good and perfect is a gift that comes down to us from God the Father. And the point that was made last week was not was this, that not everything that's given is good. But God is good. So 
disease, uh, abuse, theft, abandonment, dishonor. None of those things are good. And the loss that we can suffer through those things was never God's will. But I need you to hear something. And I wrote it down and I want to read it verbatim because I don't want to mess it up. I heard clearly that the father said to associate the bad with himself, to associate the bad with the father leads to a thousand other woes. To associate the bad with the father leads to a thousand other woes. The goal of the enemy is to kill, steal, and destroy everything, including a proper view of the father and the extraordinary destiny that he has for us in his son, Jesus. Satan doesn't play fair. And I felt like God was telling me as I was sitting with him about this is that many people in the room, as they heard my voice, would agree that they know that very well, just like my story. The enemy uses broken relationships, fractured, fractured families, unfulfilled promises, and circumstances that bring pain to us in any way as tools to steal from us. But what am I here to talk to you about tonight? That the Father is the restorer of all things. Like, he's got a plan. He's so passionate about this that somewhere in the book of Acts, if you want to look it up later, it's Acts 3.21. Somewhere, like, he, he released to the apostles. He said, hey, I got this, this, this burning desire in my heart, and I'm going to let you in on it, and I want you to share it with everybody from this moment on. And it's that I am such a restorer. I, this burns on the inside of my heart so much that one day I will restore all things. Like, I'm going for a global impact. I'm, like, there is nothing, nothing that will not be touched by my restorative nature. I am a father. I am good. I have seen. I have felt it wasn't my. I feel for what has hit my kids. I feel. I saw. I knew. And I'm not here to give you, definitely now in this amount of time, I'm not here to give you biblical reasons why uh, God maybe didn't run into your circumstance and, 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 and rescue you out of it at the time, but I will tell you this for the sake of time, is that he gave humanity free will. He did. It's not, it's not an excuse. We just have a little, we don't have that much time. He gave humanity free will. And the free will of broken humanity sometimes breaks people. And out of those broken places, out of those places of loss, we can come in and we can gather together and we should come in and we should gather together. But we, we need to be real with each other and real with God. There are those things that I named to you right then, I am not that same woman. Hold on. We're going to be honest here. I still am held accountable in love by my family and my, my team here, when I start to trigger and things start to manifest that out of that wounded place where I want to pull back or I want to be afraid or my voice doesn't, how, how many, oh my goodness gracious, 
How many of you have been in, and I want to see hands because we are going after this tonight. How many of you have been in circumstances in your past where the things that have happened to you have wanted to shut you up and take your voice? Let me see your hands. A loss of voice. Because you were made to be a voice on the earth out of the overflow of your intimacy with God to change the patterns of the world. You were made, and I don't mean you have to shout and do your peas like me, you know? Like, I mean, like, I'm, help me, Jesus. But, but wherever we are, like, our voices matter. And things come to shut us down, to shame us, to, to make us question, to, to make us fearful. But God is a father that restores all things. And if he's going for the globe, he's looking at the micro. Do you hear it? Do you hear his heart? Oh, Jesus. Yeah? (laughs) All right. So we shall forget about the clock for a moment. Okay. When he showed me this, this message, he kept highlighting a testimony to me, the testimony of Joseph. You guys know it in the scriptures? Let me give you a Julie paraphrase in case you're, you're new to the story. Um, you can find a, uh, Joseph's full story in Genesis 37 through 50. Um, but here's the, here's the abbreviated version as per Julie Stevens. Born into a blended family, his dad had children with his first wife prior to marrying his mom. After his birth, he became the delight of his parents which made for sibling dynamics very difficult. Uh, Him being a a creative didn't help. Think about it. This kid was a dreamer. Scripture says that his life was literally wrapped in color. Come on, think about it. Think about it. Oh, he wore a coat of many colors. Think about the implications prophetically. He was such a creative He was such a dreamer. He was wrapped in living color, literally. And he was free. And that did not sit well with his brothers. (laughs) They didn't bend that way. And it led for some very, very real losses. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused. He was unjustly imprisoned because of it. Seemingly left forgotten, even by God, for a total of 13 years. He experienced dissociation, rejection, pain, confusion, disillusionment, disappointment. Yet God was continually at work behind the scenes to see the dreams that he had as a father manifest for Joseph's life. I want you to read, I want you to read up on the screen with me. I'm going to go to uh, the beginning of Joseph's story in Genesis 37 verses 5 through 11. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream that I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His bro- <laughs> right? You've read the story before. 
We'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. And when he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you had? Will your mother and I and all of your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. I want to read it in a different translation, in the voice. One day Joseph had a dream. When he told the dream to his brothers, they hated him even more. Here's how the story went down. Joseph, please listen to this dream that I had. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Suddenly my sheaf rose up, it stood and your sheaves all gathered around, it turned, gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Joseph, Joseph's brothers, annoyed, replied, are you, seri- are you serious? How many of you have ever been, hey, how many of you are creators in the room and you're just living life in color and you're dreaming with God and you show up and you share a little bit more than the people around you are comfortable with? There you go. We're getting ready for a little bit of loss, but only for a moment. Uh, so they said, are you serious? You think you, think you were somehow d- destined to reign over us? You think that you're going to be our king? This dream and what he told them about it made them, and what, what he told them about it made them hate him even more. But Joseph had another dream, and he made the, mis- and he made the mistake of telling them about this dream too. This is the part that I really want you to listen to. Um, well, he says the dream. Listen, I've had another dream. And then he explains the dream. And he says, uh, his, his father scolded him. And listen to what his father said. His father said, what kind of dream is this? Do you actually think your mother and I and your brothers are going to bow down before you? Joseph's brothers had become, okay. His father said, listen, this is the part I want you to hear. The father, Joseph, kept this dream in the back of, I mean, the father, um, Jacob, which is Israel up there on the screen. Um, kept this dream in the back of his mind. I want, you to, I want you to pay attention to that. He kept, the father kept this dream in the back of his mind. All right, what do I want you to hear? God had a destiny for Joseph. God has a destiny for you. People's free will affected the course of Joseph's life. The same might be said of you. But in Joseph's case, Scripture says that those things didn't lead him into the patterns of thinking or life choices that undermined his destiny because he saw God as a restorer. And I'm going to show it to you right now. Let's read the end of his story. Um, 50. There it is. So let me tell you what happened. So so at this point, he's... You can leave that up there. So at this point, he is... um, He's gotten out of jail... He's been there 22 years in Egypt. I had a prophetic dream. God has a call on my life. I know I'm destined for more than this. It's been three months and seven days and 18 hours, and it still hasn't manifested. 
22 years. I'm telling you what, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. I can't say that we're doing like cartwheels and jumping jacks and we're all excited, woohoo, when we feel like it's, we're in a dungeon situation or a season where seemingly we've been forgotten even by God. It's just not true. It's just not true. God is always working. It's, part, it's another facet of his nature. He's always at work. He never forgets. He has a dream. He has a dream. Actually, you are a dream. He just, you were a dream in the heart of the Father before there was time, and he wanted it so badly that he knit you together in your mother's womb. He put flesh on you, and he named you your name, and here you are. 22 years. He had risen to the second man in in governmental power in the nation of Egypt. He had already, um, hold on, let me remember the story. He had already served nine years. So there was seven years of plenty, and now there was two years of famine. And in the second year of famine, his brothers show up. And, and the whole, if, you guys know the story. So he's, he, he, he reveals himself to them, right? They think they're going to die. The brothers think they're going to die and at the hand of this Egyptian king. And, and instead, this is, what Joseph, this is what happens. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. In the midst of people's free will, that affected Joseph to the point of exceptionally great loss. His heart and the way that he thought, Scripture confirms that they weren't contrary. They, they weren't a hindrance to getting him. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like somewhere on the inside of Joseph, based on this truth, he knew God as the restorer of all things lost. Because he could have taken, he could have done something different right here. He had the authority. But he said, no, my perspective is that God meant something for good here. And he's restored. I've been here for nine years now. I might have been in... I might have been trafficked, human trafficking. I might have been trafficked and abused and devalued. I might have been falsely accused and imprisoned unjustly because of it. But God has a dream for my life, and he let me in on it. And now he's restored, and I'm simply walking in the fullness that the Father had for me. And that's what he has for all of us in the room tonight. We're almost done. We're almost done with this part. We're going to minister for a bit. What does God want you to know tonight? He cares about what's happened to your life, in your life. He feels the aches of your losses. And he's at work, even now, to restore
I want you to say something with me. Let's be silly. You ready? I trust there is more. God will restore. Come on. You got that one thing in your mind right now. God, I want you to restore this. Oh, God, I need you to restore that. Guess what? I got a word for you. Oh, it's a good word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Zechariah 9.12, God's going to give you double for your trouble. Come on. Come on. You're like, oh, there's that one thing. There's that one thing. And God goes, hello. I'm so much bigger than that. I brought you here tonight because I'm going to restore more than what you're asking for right now. Listen to what that scripture verse says. Zechariah 9.12 in the message, it says, and because of my blood covenant with you, I'll release your prisoners from their hopeless cells. Come, hope-filled prisoners. This, this very day, I am declaring a double bonus. Everything you lost, restored twice over. In Jesus' name. Let me hear an amen. Amen, 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 amen. We say yes, God. We say yes. All right. So we are going to, why don't, why don't I have the, the team come on up? We're going to worship, and, and we're going to do some ministry. Um, there was a highlight that I felt uh, for the ministry time, and it was um, the desire to restore lost dreams, okay? And so let me, let me good, amen. So here's a couple of the things that I heard. Um, time has been a thief. Hear me. Time has been a thief. And some of you guys have given up on dreams that came from God just because of time. He's going to restore that. Time, is, time is, has been a thief. Time. I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. Time is stolen. Some people's dreams. And God's like, no, no, no. Those aren't their dreams. Those were first my dreams. And I shared them with them. The enemy is trying to steal my dreams for their lives. So that's the first thing that he's going after. I also heard he, that, he, yeah, obviously he's ready to restore. But I also heard the phrase loss of innocence. And when I prayed about it, this is, these are some of the things that I got. There's an innocence that was meant to surround your dreams. The innocence of a child is bold to believe the dreams that God has given them. Remember Joseph's story? His brothers are like, I am so annoyed with you. And you're going to tell me another dream? It's the innocence of a child. There's no fear in sharing their dreams and no concern of ill will from others once they do share. How many of you know that sometimes, uh, let me say it this way. Have you ever heard in, in a church setting somebody say, listen, you got to bring it out into the open. Like get it out into the light. So it can't, like something negative can't have as much power. Do you, have you ever heard that? Okay, so let me, let me on the other side of the coin, let me, let me share this. If you hold all your dreams in, Sometimes just getting them out, it puts it out there, and oh, God can start moving on them. That's what Joseph did, right? Joseph shared his dreams. Now, for another message, we can talk about <laughs> wisdom and how and when and why to share certain things, maturity. But the, what God wants highlighted tonight is that those were his dreams, and, he, and he's put dreams in, in all of us. And, and some of you, there's been a loss of innocence. 
that makes us feel like we can't share that out loud. And what would people think if I did? We can, we can wrap it in all sorts of packages. We can wrap it in, false, we can wrap it in what we think is humility. We can wrap it in, in, in fear of man. We can wrap it in... It, 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 God wants it unwrapped out on the table and he wants to minister to it today because he, tonight, because he said that I'm about to restore double for your trouble and those dreams were actually my dreams. I just lent them to you. What will you do with them? Get them out with the innocence of a child and let me breathe on them. right where you're at. In a minute, there's going to be space for you to either come up here and just fall on your face or sit where you are and lay back on the chairs next to you. Just open up your hearts and your ears for a minute. Let me just see what God speaks through me in the place of prayer. For you, God, there's a room full of dreams before us right now. You're so faithful, God. You're so kind that when I would pray that you would give me this word for these hearts in this room tonight. You want this, God. You want this. And there's power from heaven to do what you've said you're going to do. So God, every heart in this room, I agree with your desire for healing, greater degrees of healing to come on the inside of their souls. Any areas, God, that still need ministry to get over the loss Offense, I just heard offense. To get over offense, to get over discouragement, to get over disappointment. The trauma of loss, I just break the power of that in the name of Jesus right now. I give you the dreams of your heart in this moment, Father. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, to do what only you can do. If you have a dream that the enemy has tried to steal, whether through time or through any of the other areas that I mentioned or, I don't know, any, anything that I might have missed. If there's a dream in your heart that has been lost momentarily or innocence that has been lost momentarily, will you... 
it's really, I'm, I'm going to ask you, will you come up to the front? It's really not, uh, it's not a special place up here. What it is, is it's, a, it's an act like I'm stepping out and I'm, make, I'm making people see, I'm allowing people to see so I can get my dream out there like Joseph did through his voice. So if there's a dream, I want you to come up and we're just going to minister in worship. We're going to allow the Lord to minister to your hearts. God, I thank you. I thank you for space. I thank you, God, for innocence restored. I thank you, God, for what you're about to do in these next few minutes. And we come, I come behind this word and I seal it by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have to go, guys, you have to go. Oh, my goodness. If you have to pick up kids, God have mercy. Go pick up your kids if you haven't already and come back. But this is a space where we're going to just encounter the Lord. And remember, he's about to restore. He's about to restore. that God has as a father for your life tonight. We love you. We're so glad you guys were here.
You're not done working. You're not done working. You just gotten started. You're not stopping. You finish what you started. You finish what you start. You finish every promise. You see it to completion. You're a good father. You're a good friend. You make everything new. Everything new. You're a good father. You're a good friend. You make Always been patient. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.